You know, a lot of times we talk about ego and how much it hurts us. But a lot of times what we don't do is we don't think about how it hurts the people around us and the ones that we're trying to lead. Leaders are not born in a womb. They're forged through heat, pressure, and a whole lot of sweat. The Fireforge Leader Podcast serves the audience through exploring leadership at work, in the community, and with the family, using a practical perspective and real-life experiences from the host, Steve Baumgartner, and his guests in The Forge. Now, it's time to enter The Forge with The Fireforged Leader. What is up, leaders? Welcome to the Fireforge Leader Podcast, where I, Steve Baumgartner, will take you on a journey of the forge, discussing lessons learned on the front lines of leadership. So I want to talk about yesterday. I was, you know, I was down at the Gracie Academy, um, Gracie Jiu-Jitsu, watching my son. And, you know, my son's four years old. Uh, He's lined up with the other kids on the mat. And his professor was simply out there just showing him a new move. Uh, You know, just just a pretty intimate experience in between teacher and student, right? So my son, and I'm going to use the picture, but I took a picture of him because he's lined up with all these other kids and he is just so intense, but not intense in the way that he normally is. And I'll talk about that in a minute, but he's intense on how he's so invested into watching. He's really just, you know, he's drilled in on the professor. He's listening with every inch of his body. He's leaned forward and just engaged with his professor in that moment. So like I said, my son's four years old. This kid is amazing, right? He's been riding a bicycle since he was three years old. You know, no training wheels ever. Uh, You know, he's going out there and doing jujitsu now. He's he loves sports. He runs from sun up to sunset. Uh, he's got a ton of energy. And, you know, the way that I usually explain him is that he's just this pure ball of the energy, right? He's got a ton of energy. He's got more energy than most kids his age. He's got a little six-pack ab going on. Like I said, he's active from the time he gets up till the time he goes to bed. And it's so much so that his mom and I, hell, we're like a pro wrestling tag team, you know, that's going up against uh, Andre the Giant, right? There's just this huge opponent that we're going up against and we're tagging in and out, just trying to take down the champ. You know, and we get worn down most days. So watching him out there on the mat, that was, uh, 
it was an anomaly. Him sitting cross-legged style, watching the professor so intently. So I start thinking, you know, this kid who's got this much energy, how in the hell is he sitting there so calm for this instruction? So I'm thinking through that, right? Watching him out on the mat. And, you know, most of the time he has a hard time following uh, instructions because he's so amped up most of the time. So I thought to myself, you know, maybe it's simply that this is a different language than what I'm normally speaking or his mom's normally speaking. This is a language that interests him. It's also a language that he understands more than the one that I'm speaking. So in this moment, I'm just going to tell you, I, I just had this overwhelming rush like this. You know, you see the videos of these people that are standing underneath a waterfall and just you can feel that water hitting their body and it's such a rush. And, you know, just I feel this rush of gratefulness in this moment. I'm grateful for his professor, you know, his jujitsu professor, you know, just being in my son's life. Someone that was able to reach him and, you know, really just tap into his control. And, you know, it was a beautiful moment. I'm glad that I had my phone in my hand so that I could take that picture. But to go beyond that, it's a moment that my son and I could share because we both do jujitsu, so we can bond over that and we got things to talk about. So moving forward, fast forward in just a little bit, um, I went to my class right after he got done. And then we have this ritual that we just go out that night and we grab a bite to eat, you know, and share some conversation. It's just me and him. It's uh, father and son night. So we went over this place called Slim Chickens, uh, you know, grab some chicken and waffles. Anyways, uh, so after practice, I was just sitting there telling him how proud I was because he was demonstrating so much self-control on the mat. We talked about what that looked like, you know, what control looks like, what self-control looks like. You know, I also told him that I saw him get angry with his partner a couple times out there on the mat. But he was listening to his professor and not allowing that anger to explode on him. He would get angry. You could see it in his face, but he still worked on his techniques over and over again. It wasn't something that threw him into tailspin. So I was proud of him that he could restrain, and he showed me that day that he's fully capable of control. I also told him that I was really, I don't know if it's the right word, but proud of him, or I loved how he was able to connect with another positive male role model. 
and that he was able to connect with the teaching that his professor had for him. So I wasn't his direct teacher in this moment, but it was good for our relationship. It was a great bonding experience. After he got done with letting another role model coach him, we were able to grow closer after that. So, of course, like everything else, this got got me to thinking a little bit. You know, is this the way that I have always approached things? Is this how I was in the past? The answer is a big fat no. So no matter whether it was my adult children or with my employees over the years, I was far from being the person that I am today. And I'm going to tell you an example with my kids. So I remember, you know, over the course of their lifetimes, you know, they would have a a teacher or a scout leader or someone come into their lives that they really respected, that they really listened to, And this also happened with my employees from time to time. You know, they would go out to a training event or whatever. And when they would come back and they would be excited for the world, they would just be on cloud nine because they felt like they learned something new or, you know, something clicked in a certain way with them. My responses would be horrible. So I'd say things like, (laughs) I've been telling you that stuff for years, kid. Or dang. Why in the hell didn't you just listen to me? I wouldn't have had to pay all that money for you to go to training. And I'm going to tell you today that no matter whether it was with my kids or with my employees, either way, that message came from my ego. All right. So it was a selfish behavior that came from my ego. So further thinking about this, I really realized in that moment that, you know, as I'm sitting here thinking about all this, that my ego really screwed over my kids and my employees throughout the years. They were genuinely learning in these situations, but me being blinded by my ego, I couldn't recognize it. And of course, my kids and my employees, they both wanted to live up to my expectations. So they knew they couldn't do it through the person or the events or whatever else that I had just downgraded. So diving deeper into this ego thing, you know, my ego told me that the learning was no good, right? Because it didn't come from me. My ego also told me that both my kids and my employees, well, they were just slow in the head, right? 
because they didn't pick up that learning from me. I had told them a thousand times. They just didn't listen. My ego also made me forget the true nature of the mission. Or maybe didn't even allow me to see it in the first place. So when you stop and think about that, my ego totally screwed over my kids and my employees for years. And I'm sure if you think about it, there's instances of that in your life as well. So what's different today? And I can't talk talk for you, but I could definitely talk for me. What's different with me today is overall, I'm a different person. I know where I've been, right? You've probably noticed I don't hide my scars. My scars are my scars. I was where I was. But I also know where I'm going. And that's that's a that's key, right? Additionally, I also value myself today. Because I know myself better. And that goes back to the first point. I know where I've been and I know where I'm going. I know me. And through that process, what I've done is I've really had to deal with all my insecurities. And believe me, there's been plenty of them. You know, a lot of people want to hide behind those insecurities in today's world. I'm telling you right now, there is no value that comes from that. Face those insecurities, understand what they are, and put them to bed. And what that does, just like in my life, now I understand that the mission is much more important than my own self-preservation, my own insecurities. So let me state that again. The mission is more important than myself. So let me swing back to the kids for a minute. So what's the mission for my kids going forward? So my wife and myself, we understand the mission is that it's our job as parents to nurture and guide saints. All right. It's our job as parents to nurture and guide saints. Second part of that mission is it's our job to help them become self-sufficient out in the world. All right. That's pretty easy to understand. They need to go out. They need to provide for their families. They need to provide for themselves. They can't live under my roof forever. Right. And then the third thing and there's a lot lot more smaller things but the third thing is is to really become logical thinkers all right and i'm going to focus on those three bullet points just kind of recap those it's our jobs to nurture saints we want them to become self sufficient and they need to be logical thinkers so let's talk about when i push my ego upon my kids first one as our job to nurture saints, 
you got to look at saints. Saints are usually pretty selfless on the grand scheme of things. So the question that I have for myself is, how can I possibly help them to become saints if I don't even attempt to model characteristics of the saints? Now, I'll tell you that I constantly fall short of this model, but I fall short way more often when I allow my ego to get involved. All right, so saints are usually selfless, and I need to be able to model that for my kids, that selfless behavior. Going on to the second bullet point. How in the world do I help my kids become self-sufficient if I make all their decisions for them? So when I'm telling them things like, you know, I've been telling you for years or why didn't you just listen to me and that guy's not that smart and so on and so forth. What I'm doing is I'm telling them they can only listen to me. That doesn't help them become self-sufficient. What that really does is it puts them into a point where they have to be dependent upon me. And further, I'm putting them into a mold, my mold. And when it comes down to it, I'm trying to make them a copy of me. But that's not what I want. I want them to be better than me. Off to the third thing. How about the logical thinker part? If I'm out there modeling ego and being selfish, how am I modeling being a logical thinker to my kids? It can't happen. It's just absurd. It doesn't make any sense whatsoever. So there's a lot to think about and unpack and all that. But I'm going to go to the other side and talk about employees for a second. And this could also accompany any sort of team that you've built. And I want to quote my dad for a minute. And I don't, this isn't going to be a direct quote, but my dad always told me when he was out there in the workforce, when he was in leadership roles, that he was trying to work himself out of a job. Yeah. As a kid, I didn't understand this at all. Why would you try and work yourself out of a job? But he told me that when he worked himself out of a job, it told himself that he was doing a good job because he was empowering his team, that he was bringing them up to a level that they could do his job and he was no longer needed. And that was a good job. And I don't know if I really understood that until I started making the changes myself. But I will tell you a couple things here. And number one, that's that you can't do that. You can't work yourself out of a job with ego and being selfish. 
The only way that you can do that is by stepping out of the way and putting the mission first. So just like I did, I want you all to step away from this and just just really take an introspective look at your leadership today. And do this in all areas of your life, including your marriage, how you parent, how you lead out in your community, or at work. And I want you to do these couple of things, okay? And this isn't really well-defined, but what we're going to do is we're going to look at our past. And the past that I'm talking about isn't when you were 15 years old. Your past is anything before this moment in time. All right. I want I want you to look at your past to do this. I want you to reflect on the times that you've stood in the way of another's growth. Whether that's your children, whether that's your wife, whether that's your employees, I don't care. Any time that you stood in the way of another's growth. All right. So when you're doing this, write down that incident And then I want you to answer the question, what insecurity led you to that point that you felt like you had to flex your ego? All right. So I'm going to recap that real quick. Reflect on the times that you stood in the way of another's growth. You're going to write that incident down and whatever insecurities led you to flex your ego. This is important to understand, folks. It's important so that you can identify in the future and make a different decision. It's called learning from the past. All right, the next thing that I want you to do is I want you to identify the mission in your leadership. All right, so once again, your leadership in your marriage being a parent, your leadership at work, and out there in the community. Anywhere where you feel like you're a leader at, I want you to think about about the mission. All right, what is the mission? Is it like my wife's and my mission for raising our kids to make them little saints, to have them be logical reasoners? to, uh, you know, to be self-sufficient. You know, what does it look like for you leading your team? Does that mean that uh, you want people to go home the same way that they came in? Do you want to make a good quality product? Do you want to be fiscally responsible? All right, write those things down. What is the mission in your leadership? All right. So now if you put those couple of things together, your reflection of how you've been, right, along with the insecurities that led you there, identifying the mission, now what you can do is the next time the ego pops its head out, you can cut that damn head off because you understand what insecurity it's coming from. 
you can realign yourself to the mission in your head. And now you can go out and act in a manner that aligns with that mission. So let me just roll that back up again. You're going to reflect on the times you stood in the way of another's growth. You're going to write that down. And then securities that led you there when you flexed your ego. You're going to identify the mission. Next time your ego pops up, you're going to cut the head off that snake. You're going to put that insecurity to bed, get out of the way of the mission, and act in a manner that's aligned with the mission. All right, so that's it for today. Leaders, go out there and lead with intent. Put your ego to the side. And if you appreciate what you heard here today, I really invite you back to leave a rating and review on this podcast. It helps us level up in the rankings so that more people get this message out to them. And for yourself, smash that subscribe button on whatever podcasting app you're currently listening to. Each one of them has a subscribe function. Whew, that was hard to say. Also, you can check us out on www.fireforgeleader.com. And I just want to tell you, in the in the forge over the next couple of weeks, I'm going to be having a gentleman on by the name of Tony Ojeda, who is uh, the author of Made to Thrive, as well as another book um, about his father. He also runs a coaching business. Uh, great man. Uh, I can't say enough good about him. Also, I'm pretty excited about this and it's probably way too early to be telling you about it, but, uh, my family and I are going to be starting a little crafting business where we, uh, make different items. You know, we have, uh, some vinyl cutting, uh, machinery, some laser engraving and cutting and different things. So we're going to be starting a little store so that I can teach them about business a little bit. Um, So be looking forward to that. But overall, once again, humbly thank you for tuning in to the Fireforge Leader podcast. And once again, go out there and lead with intent. You have just experienced the heat and pressure of the forge. Remember, words without action are meaningless. Now, after the heat of the forge, shape your thoughts, quench your brain, then put your new tools to use, adding to your leadership. Tune in next week for more lessons from the forge.